Hey Warriors, and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I really do hope you guys had a great week. Mine was not too bad. Um, I finally did get my license uh, plates for my my vehicle, which is great. Registration, so I have to do, you know, that's all taken care of, so I, th I thank God for that. Um, I do have some news about Magic's mom. She passed away last week. Um, I told you about him. He's a member of my gaming community. And so, you know, if you pray for him, his dad is really taking it really hard. And, you know, we understand that love there. But um, just to give him the energy to be able to do all that he has to be doing. Uh, memorials, me, I think, next week. And so, you know, just you know, pray for him. You think about him. As for my friend Ringo, who's the other guy I had mentioned not too long ago, God provided some amazing things for him recently. Um, a wheelchair, even though he was told by one group he can't have it. He got a wheelchair. He has his church is stepping up and getting behind him and actually going to build him a ramp and everything he needs at his house for his wheelchair, which is amazing, and actually paying for it all. Now, God is really good. God is amazing when he, he could do amazing things. When we trust and have faith in them, which is kind of what today's episode is going to be kind of about. I'm going to be titling it, We Are the Providers. Now, this is a play on words on the idea that one of the things that we've been talking about is kind of the ideology that men have been pressured to be. I remember many times, you know, hearing my dad saying, you know, you need to get a job because you're going to have to provide for your family. You need to get a job because you have to provide for your family. This is how you provide your families by getting a job. And I've heard this many times from shows and movies. I've heard this from other men. And that has always been the engravement in men to be the providers. And the thing is. That has stuck into my head for a very long time. So when things weren't working out where I could provide the way I was supposed to, how do you think I felt? I felt like a failure. I felt like I couldn't do what I was supposed to do as a man. I felt like I wasn't worthy of my wife. I felt like I wasn't good enough to be a husband. You see, this, this mindset is a thought that is very much engraved in us. It's engraved, especially in the Christian culture, that we are supposed to be the providers. That you just need to go get a job. But when the jobs aren't easy going like they used to be, because I remember when I when I first got out of high school, you know, you could walk into some place and you can get a job. No, no problem. But if you have degrees, that job listing gets smaller and smaller. And if you don't have degrees, you you still get those mixed yes and no's, and they you, you can't really go any higher because there's always a cap. And at first, I never really felt this way. For a long time, I actually never really thought about it this way until I got to a position after I graduated with my bachelor's that nobody would hire me. But I went and tried to get jobs like at a Walgreens. They would tell me that I was overqualified. And I would tell them I need a job. And they'd just kind of laugh. Okay, we'll take it, but, you know, 
you're overqualified. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, yeah, I wouldn't be here looking for a job if I was able to get these so-called other jobs you keep telling me I can get. Because just because I have a bachelor's degree in Christian ministry doesn't mean that an engineering firm is going to be hiring me. Doesn't mean the school is going to be hiring me. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that these other so-called I can get these other jobs would be hiring me. You see, there was always that issue, that battle of the, I, I was stuck at trying to get these part-time jobs and most of them were saying no. And then the ones I did get weren't paying enough. So once again, it got thrown back to you're not providing, you're a failure. And interestingly, the story that came to mind when I was thinking about this, and, it, and I know you're all going to be like, it makes no sense. But if you hear me out, it'll, it'll kind of make sense of where the thought comes from. But Abraham and Isaac, and when Abraham was told to sacrifice Isaac. You see, Abraham had everything. So in other words, he was rich. But he had no kids. I gave him a promise. Your, your, your descendants will number the stars. Yet there were no kids. You know, I, I, I was felt in 2020, God called me in a service like during the service. So I'll technically it was kind of like during the prayer time at the end, but God called me to go into ministry. I kind of ignored it. I started chasing after something else. And then four and a half years later, God confronted me again when I asked him, is there anything else you want me to do? I feel like I'm not going anywhere. And he's like, yes, do you trust me? And that is the key thing. Do you trust me? And when I said yes, he told me what to do. I still questioned it. And he asked me again, do you trust me? And I said, yes, then quit your job, go back to school. And so I did. After graduating, thinking everything was going to work well, and I know I've told this story before, nothing happened. Got no ministry jobs until 2016. Now it's 2010, 2011. You see, Abraham was told, A, you will, you will have descendants, the number of the stars, and then finally he has Isaac. And all the joy that he must have felt when Isaac was born and growing up. And now probably, I'm, I'm assuming it was kind of around the age of 12. God's saying, okay, I want you to sacrifice your son to me. Can you imagine thinking that? You know, you, you, just, you just told me, Lord, you know, I've been waiting. I'm old. My wife's old. You provided this child and now you're telling me to sacrifice him? Now he had a choice here, right, right, right now he had a choice. His choice was, I can quit this. I can run off and I will not follow this God. This God's telling me to sacrifice something I love, something I wanted, something I have control over. I don't have to follow this. I don't have to, I don't have to be this. I, I could do something else. I can try to figure out another way out of this. I could, I could do something to get away from such question or desire from this God. But yet, what did Abraham do? Abraham willingly, and if you go to Genesis 22, you, you get to hear the whole conversation. You hear God asking him, you know, do this. And he's like, okay. 
And you go to verse 6, it says, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took his hand, wait, and he took in his hand fire and the knife. So they, they went to both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, my father, and he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abram said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they both, so they went both of them together. And when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there, laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But then the angel of the Lord called to him, from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Verse 12, he said, he said, do not lay your hand on the boy and do not do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham went and took, oh, excuse me, I think I skipped, sorry. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the th thicket by his thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. This is going to hit deep, guys. We're not supposed to be the provider in the way that we have to take all of the responsibility on our chest. We do not have to be taking control because we just talked about this. We're not supposed to be the kings. We're not supposed to be the one who has the full control. We're not gods. God is supposed to be our provider. And all we're supposed to do is obey, have faith, trust in everything that's coming in front of us that we can't see. And he will provide what we don't expect him to provide because he loves us that much. You see, Abraham, in that moment, he was going to kill his son. He was going to take that moment. But God saw, as you can see in verse 13, or sorry, verse 12, it says, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And he gave him his complete surrender. It is so hard as men to say, I, I'm, I'm the husband, I'm the provider, I'm supposed to work and supposed to provide everything. Yes, we are supposed to work and yes, we are supposed to provide you don't have to put it all on your chest. It doesn't have to be all of it or nothing. We provide but with what we're able to provide, but God should be the provider for us. That job he gave you is because he provided that job for you. But your car broke down. How are you going to pay for it? God will provide. We were just about to buy a house, and now we have to fix our house that we have currently. How are we supposed to do the down payment? God will provide. And maybe it won't provide the way you think 
he's going to provide. Maybe he needs you to not buy the other house quite yet. Maybe someone will let you borrow a car for a time because he will provide another vehicle for you in a time. Or maybe you do have to spend the money to buy the car you need. He's going to provide another way for the down payment for the house. You see, providing has always been, you need to figure out the answer yourself. You're not a man unless you figure out how to take care of your family. You're not a man if you're not able to have, get the job you're supposed to get. You're not a man if you can't even pay your rent. You can't pay the house. You can't pay the bills. You're not a man then. You see, we've created this atmosphere for men to try to live up to. And then when things aren't working out, that we feel like we fail, we fall apart. And then we wonder, we get angry, we get become resentful. We stop going to church, we stop leading our family, we stop trying to help. We start hiding in our hobbies, start chasing after things that we shouldn't be. Like looking into pornography, looking at other women with desire, chasing after them, flirting, drinking more spending more time away from home, avoiding making relationships with our kids, growing our relationship with our wife. Abraham had no power other than obeying God in this situation. Many times as men, we forget that being a provider also means obeying God, doing what is right, teaching your kids how to pray and trust and faith, reminding yourself that I'm supposed to surrender it all to him, I'm supposed to surrender our hurt and the pain and the struggles and the past, just to give it to him. So that I could be a better man for my wife, a better man for my kids, a better man to my other brothers in Christ, to be a better man for people at work, to be a better man in my community, better man to my neighbor. Because when we start focusing on God above what we what we see as what we're supposed to be doing, or the provision that we're supposed to be providing, God will show us so much peace and grace that we will be like, wow. I didn't realize if I just stopped trying to make everything work and just give it to God and do what I can do. So, you know, the money I do have, God will provide another way to provide. He will help in situations that would be least expected. Because the other cool part about my friend Ringo and his story is not only that, but several women in the church are going to be helping with dinners because he can't walk. He can't really move as much, but he's going to get some help from his church. You see, he trusted in him because he was told no by the, I forget who it was, but someone told no, he's not getting a wheelchair. And that, that was like the main prayer request. He goes, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then boom, about a week later, all this stuff just comes together. Why? Because he trusted, had faith and honored doesn't mean he wasn't frustrated or hurt or upset because you could clearly see that Abraham was not too thrilled of this idea, but he was willing to do it and trust surrender that faith and God provided the hardest thing to do is when you have no control 
and yet you trust God. You think you could do that? You think that whatever's going on in your life right now, instead of trying to figure out all the answers, you can let go and let God have control of that situation so that he can clearly give you the path that you're supposed to have? So that you're aware of what you're supposed to be doing? Because he will provide. I want you to think about it before we continue in the next half but i also want to give you guys an update some things might be changing with some of the commercial stuff that's going to be going on once i'm okayed by spotify um because i found out spotify is really connected to anchor so commercials might be their commercials and not me speaking like i usually am so just be prepared for that um, otherwise i'll see you right after this Welcome back to the second half warriors and we're to continue to talk about more about the idea that God cares about us. Now, after all that I said in the first half, I know that was probably pretty deep and probably really pinpointed, but does God provide for us? I mean, that was something that came across my mind. Does God provide? And a lot of us will say, yes, of course he does, but I want you guys to really think about it. Sometimes provisions that we are we're given by God are not always like big. And not always like something you know extravagant. It could be something small. Like someone say, hey, you know, I have this extra gift card, you know, to go out, but my wife and I, you know, we're not gonna, we're gonna be out of town and it's gonna expire soon, so I was wondering if you have it. That's a gift. Or, you know, you know that you your your rent, you're down about fifty and someone hands you a hundred dollar bill and they just say, Oh, I feel called to do it. It's a gift. Or maybe it's just as simple as, hey, you know, I was just thinking about you. And is there anything I could pray about? And you can let them know about your prayer request. Or, hey, you know, I know somebody that might be able to help you with this situation that you have questions about. You see, God provides in so many different ways that we sometimes forget to recognize them. And so when things get really rough, we start wondering, oh, God, where were you? Why aren't you here? Why aren't you helping me? Why aren't you? And God's like, I've always provided. Why aren't you trusting me in this? Well, in our minds, we're like, well, that was simple, easy stuff. Well, in my mind, I think, well, there's some control I still have over it. But one of the things I don't have control over, that's when it gets scarier right we start wondering how is it going to happen like it was really rough when the car broke down basically and i had to go find another one I, I had no answers i didn't hardly know anybody here you know i don't know anybody enough to really help me find something you know my dad in the past has always been the one that helped me but he's in colorado he can't really help me so i didn't know what to do and i prayed got a connection with this guy and he helped me find something now it was really hard giving up almost fifteen thousand dollars plus all the repairs i was gonna have to do but i got a vehicle and now the concern is do we have enough to do the down payment for the house that god's going to provide and god keeps on giving us peace that things are going to work out and i'm like okay and then of course 
you know, you got other things that come up, but it's like, do, how do you, you keep on trusting? You keep on honoring, you keep on saying, Lord, you know, give me peace, remove the anxiety, remove the fear, remove the concern. And I hand it to you. Because I know there's lots of verses that we can really focus on and a lot of verses we can go into with things that we probably think of right off the bat about him providing. But the one thing I wanted to point out is that one of the things that we battle when God is, when we start realizing God is more provi uh, provider, we start forgetting, well, let me rephrase it. One of the reasons why we battle in allowing God to be the provider is that because we have to have control of the situation, right? We have a tendency of overboarding our time to other things. So we work extra hours all the time, or we try to make more money so that we can do other things with the family, right? We start uh, kind of chasing after hobbies because we're so exhausted from working all the time that we want to break. And so now we start neglecting relationship with our family and people. And we got to learn how to balance that, okay? Because God, God's going to provide if we ask. We have to stop looking at it from the perspective that I have to have control of everything because sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're just not going to have control. And we just got to trust, right? So we go to Matthew 6, go to verse 30. It says, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, we will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So the world's perspective is we got to figure it all out, because there is no hope. It's just whatever we're able to do, whatever money we can provide, how we live, and how we gain control of the situation. But as Christians, we know that God provides so why do we act like non-believers? I want you to think about that. If we know God provides, then how, why, why do we treat our situations like non-believers? Continue 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Understand if you're focusing on God, if you're building that relationship with God, if you're spending time in his scriptures, you're praying, you're, you're growing in your faith, you're changing your lifestyle to fit more Christ-likeness, you're repenting of sin, you're walking away from sin, you're returning from sin, you're getting a part of a, maybe a group of guys that are walking with the Lord and it's encouraging you, you're going to church. Because just being part of a gaming community or part of a Christian community is not church. You need fellowship of believers. You need that. And if, if the community is all you, you got, that's still not church, but it is fellowship that you do have. You're still missing the part you do need. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me drink some water real quick. So that being said, understand that he can, will provide... We need to make sure we are building that relationship with him. Because if you, you know what it's like when you build a relationship with somebody, you start trusting them, right? You start gaining a better understanding of them as well. They get a better understanding of you. Now, God already knows us, but the idea is to, to relate our brains with relationship. 
you start knowing somebody, they start knowing you, you gain trust. Well, we spend time getting to know who God is by spending time in all the areas that we can in his truth. We get to know him better, which then we learn to have more trust in him. So if you have less trust in God, that means you're probably not chasing after God like you should. Right? Okay, so now the other verses that came up to my while I was studying is in Matthew again. Matthew 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Or it will be opened to you. Sorry, I was thinking King James Version. For everyone who asks receives, and the ones who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. For which one of you... If his son asks for with him for bread, will give him a stone. Or if he asks for fish, would give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So in other words, he is pointing out that us being not the holy God that God is, still provide for those we love, do we not? If our son came asking for a drink, we wouldn't give him poison, right? We'd give him water. Someone, you know, in the street, they were hungry, and we went to the store and bought them food and hand to them. We're not going to hand them a piece of stone, right? So if this is all true, and we're not perfect, and we are struggling, and we have our hard times, and we're sinners, and we make mistakes, why do we doubt God? And it was that same question. Why do we doubt God? Why do we think he would not provide? A lot of it to me is pride. Like I said, it's all part of that manhood uh, teachings of the culture that we've been presented over and over again, that we need to just be able to handle our, our issues. We need to be handling our problems. We need to be able to do all this because we are men. We are the providers, so we need to figure out how to provide. No, we need to ask God to help us in our everyday life. So ask him about provision. You know, Lord, every week I'm paying, you know, we have to pay the bills. We have to pay for food every week. I ask the Lord, you know, you still keep providing. You keep showing us like the sales that we need to be finding. You help us find the stores that will work with us. Help, you know, help us to find the good place that I don't have to travel to several different ones to find food for the family. You know, provide. You know, you never know. Like someone in your church might go, "Hey, you know, we have extra food. I was wondering if you guys would like to come for dinner, or hey, we're going to drop some of this food off for you guys because I know how busy it's been for you guys and." We just want to provide. See, those are the opportunities that we have as Christian men to lead our family to do something. And even if you don't know if they need help, you should go and just say, no, kind of get to know your neighbor. Make sure there's no weird allergies, but you kind of find out, hey, you know, let's just, let's make chocolate chip cookies for our next door neighbor. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's do it together and we'll go and we'll come over and we'll just provide for them. 
Or, you know, hey, let's just make a bunch of spaghetti and let's just, you know, give it to that neighbor because we hear, you know, they, you know, they love their spaghetti and let's just do it. You see, this is the opportunity for us to not only recognize our provider as God, but we can also be able to give to others. I did have another set of verses is in Philippians, but I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about it. But if you go to Philippians 4. I have to actually put it up because I actually took it down because I wasn't sure if it was going to matter. But I think God wants me to talk about it. So if you go to Philippians 4 and you go to... Give me one second. To verse 14. And I'll add this to the list. Um, once again, I put the list of the verses at the bottom underneath the titling just before the, the description. It says, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble and you Philippines yourselves know, the Philippians, sorry, yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me, giving and receiving except you only. Even the Thessalonica, you sent me, helped me for my needs once and once and again. And now that I seek that the gift, but I seek, not that I seek of the gift, but I seek of the fruit that increase your credit. So in other words, you know, thank you for providing blah, blah, blah. I receive full payment and more. I am well supplied having received, um, I can never say this person's name right, at Pop Phroditis and the gift you sent. Blah, blah, go through all that. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus to our God and our Father in glory forever and ever. Amen. So in other words, he pointed out that the fact that they were willing to give, God will bless them. So the idea is that you shouldn't be giving to, to get blessing, but the idea is because of their willing heart to give, which there is other sections about giving, like the, the appropriate attitude of forgiving. Okay. Opportunities when you are allowing God to provide will give you opportunities to provide others too. It's really neat to watch. So don't, and the thing is, be willing to accept sometimes when people provide things for you. Because even though you, God's providing all this stuff and then suddenly like, you know, someone's like providing something for you and you're like, well, I don't really need it. You accept it because there is a reason why God is just providing that. And it, and, and it's, and it helps that person to also understand providing for others as well. But the thing is, don't lose opportunities that you can have with your family to impact and encourage and build other people because they may need something that you don't know, but because you're willing to follow God, like you're just willing to listen and just do it. You may be doing something amazing for someone who just like, I don't know what we're going to have for dinner. You know, we don't have enough money for food to get enough meat and vegetables and rice tonight. And I don't know what to do. And then suddenly knock, knock on the door. Oh, here's some rice and beans and chicken that we had left over or that we wanted to give you guys. We, we just felt like we should. See, those are the opportunities that we are missing out because we are so focused on self and being the provider and providing and providing and providing that we start like consuming our world into that kingdom mindset that I told you guys that we're not supposed to have about our home. You know, that's individualism that we miss out on opportunities to serve others. Yes. Provision from God, learning to understand, to have that faith and trust him like Abraham did with his son. 
God will provide, and then he will allow us to provide others. And this is not a, you know, you will get rich. No, this is not what that means. It just means that opportunities that when you start having faith in God, you'll be able to see that other people are struggling too. You'll be more aware of spreading Jesus's love in a different way. Because another way to provide could be, hey, you know, I know someone's car broke down and they need to get to work. And you ask your boss, hey, can I come a little late? I have to, my neighbor doesn't have a car and I have to take him to work. Can I take him to work and I'll come to work? And he's like, oh, that's awesome. Yes, you could do that. See, little things can make an impact on other people's lives. You know, the next door neighbor is older, have a hard time cutting a lawn. You go cut the lawn with them. You go walk their dog. You clean their car. And even if it's your neighbor who isn't an older person, say, hey, you know, I'm cleaning my car. Do you mind if I clean yours? I know most people, most guys especially, are not very open to that, but it might be a good opportunity to build a relationship and say, hey, you know, I can help you out cleaning your car. You know, maybe he could teach you something you didn't know. Or maybe vice versa. You see, there's always opportunities that we're missing out because we're so focused on self. And I think that's one of the main reasons why we think we have to be the provider alone. No God, me, 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 I have to do it. It's because we allow that to be a self-focus because if, if we got to get that mindset out of our head, if we're not providing, then we're not men. No, no, no. If you're not honoring and obeying God, then you're not being a godly man. You're not being a man of God being a worldly man who has to take on all his problems on his own has to face all the battles all alone and you don't have to let the, let today be the day that you give everything to god you also allow him to provide everything you need and even the stuff you may not know you need but even if you have them even if you're making lots of money there's other people that aren't but even, even if you are making lots of money, always keep asking God. Make sure you know that I always have enough money for food for my family. That, you know, I can find the right deals. That I, I can help maybe someone who, I, you know, at the grocery store, you know, I have the money to buy, you know, five family meals a week. And I notice there's a person, you know, I just feel like I should just buy that food for them. And you go up and say, hey, can I pay for your food real quick? And you just swipe your card and pay for it. You don't know how much of an impact that can have on someone else. Or you notice that one person who had to put some food aside because they couldn't afford it. You say, put it on my tab. I'll pay for it. Little things like that can make a difference in someone's life. But it all comes because you know who your provider is. It's not you. It's God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I ask you bless this. I ask that you move men to understand, to try to move this whole man mindset out of their brains, out of their heart, where it's like they have to be everything for being what a man is supposed to be. When they need to learn to surrender everything to you and provide with what the opportunities that you've given them to be able to provide, but to always trust you for full provision of everything. I can tell you this for the last... Before 2020, for 10 years, that is the lesson that I learned the most from God, is that I have no power and that God provides. 
let other men notice that about themselves. Let them let go of this this issue of holding on to trying to be the provider instead of allowing you to be the provider. And I pray that you move men today, and even women if they're like that too, move men today to start letting go to you so they can have the faith that Abraham had. Even when you asked him to sacrifice his son, he had faith that you were going to provide the sacrifice. Because he was willing to have faith in you, he was willing to trust you, and he was willing to obey you. Let us be that type of man. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I hope you have a blessed week, and I will see you next time.